everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast on Rachel's Reviews. And we're really excited to be back here again, talking about some deeper cuts that you can find on your big streaming services. And this week we are talking about Hulu. It's probably long overdue to be talking about the streaming service Hulu, uh, but I'm really excited to look into it. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Uh, hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on. As always, it's always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, before we get started, I should let everyone know if you all start to hear me coughing, I do not have COVID. I promise. Because despite the whole worldwide pandemic thing, it's apparently not enough to stop allergy season, which is currently what I'm going through right now. So just please be patient with me in that regard. And, uh, and just to let you know, I don't have I don't have the, um, I don't have the virus. I just, um, <coughs> I just have pollen. Oh, well, that's, I mean, it's bad that you have the, the allergies, but good that you're not, uh, you don't have the coronavirus, so we can all be grateful. But yeah, there's nothing more uh, terrifying than, than, uh, than having, you're about to, you feel like you have a cough coming on and you're in some kind of public situation. You're like, oh, sorry, I promise I don't have COVID. Yeah, it's like it's it's been it's been like that in my office. I've been to like or like to have to like smother it and just because then my boss turn around and be like, what was that? And then just start down the uh, start down the old slippery slope. Yeah, well, hopefully you feel better uh, that as things turn into fall that uh, with your allergies. But um, but yeah, because I love this time of year minus the allergy crap yeah well uh so what we haven't done hulu until now and i think it's probably my it's my own fault because i see hulu as more of a television destination than a movie def destination and we're more about movies here we do occasionally mention a television show and we'll talk about uh we'll talk about one today or uh, at least one today um, and so it's not that we never talk about television, but it's just not the priority, you know, it's more of, um, about movies. And so I think that's why I hadn't, we hadn't done it yet, but, uh, but I think we have some pretty good, uh, movies on our list. Yeah. I mean, I may be slightly biased, but I think I have a pretty good list and, but looking at your list, I, uh, I saw a couple of them that was like, Oh, I remember seeing that one. And then there was a recent one, which we'll certainly get into, which I've been fascinated about and just never got the chance to see. So I'll be looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. And we don't have a combined review today like we've done the last couple of weeks. Uh, but there's you know lots of interesting stuff going on at Hulu. I know a lot of my friends have been reviewing Love, Victor. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet uh and any of that show uh but i did really enjoy love simon so i've been curious about it um but uh but yeah we just have our our five recommendations for hulu i did enjoy last year the show the act uh which uh was uh, all which was really good with patricia arquette joey king uh about the gypsy and Dee, Dee blanchard story um, which I've mentioned previously uh, in one of our episodes that I find on HBO Max. I talked about the documentary uh, about uh, Gypsy and Dee Dee, and they are 
it just it's just crazy a crazy situation very interesting story and the show the act was very well done about that whole thing especially the first like two three episodes as it gets kind of the later episodes weren't as good but still like definitely i'd recommend it uh if you're looking for a television show but anyway so there's lots of interesting stuff going on on hulu uh so what is your first recommendation first choice actually before we do get into it i wanted to throw out like one more thing out there from hulu that i i guess you want to call it an honorable mention but it's a mini series that was released in 2016 called 112263. It's based on the book by Stephen King. Uh, it stars uh, James Franco and Chris Cooper and, uh, and Josh Duhamel. And it's pretty entertaining. It's about a guy who goes back in time to stop the Kennedy assassination. That's as far as I'll go, because with Stephen King stuff, it's best not to go into too many details. You just have to see it for yourself. But you were, you had mentioned the act, and so I... Yeah. I I was like, oh, 112263 was a Hulu original. I thought I should give it a bit of a spotlight before I jump into uh, into my list. So Cool. I uh, remember hearing about that. So unofficial sixth pick of mine. So <laughs> my first my first pick is a show that has been on for a very long time. It's one of my all-time favorites uh, and it's The Amazing Race. Now, this has this show has gotten a lot of awards praise. It got a special Emmy for Jerry Bruckheimer and, sev and several other Emmys. And it's been around for over 25 seasons going into 26 and on from there. What could I say about it that hasn't already been said? Well, it's one of my favorite shows. It's, it's something that has a lot of nostalgia for me. My mom watched my mom and I watched every episode when it debuted for about a good five or six year period and we would watch every episode on a Sunday night at eight o'clock I still remember the time slot and we were just we were in deep and around that time there were two groups of people survivor people or amazing race people and <laughs> I was an amazing race person uh, the concept if you've never heard of it is fairly simple it's like 10 teams of two they race around the world doing various tasks along each leg and the first team to get to the end of the race wins about one million dollars sometimes it's a million sometimes it's more but what makes the show interesting is the teams that make make up make up the race uh i believe two or three weeks ago rachel you mentioned a movie about the girl who whose arm got bitten off by a shark uh I can't remember the movie's title off the top of my Bethany head. Bethany Hamilton, Unstoppable is what it there was it called. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, was, she was involved in one of the later seasons. Uh, one of my personal favorite teams uh, is a mother and a son, but the son is deaf. And so the entire race, uh, they, the mom was just like, we got to, and she was doing like American Sign oh, yeah. Language, trying to help her son out. They appeared three times uh and they and they were brought back for a redemption one and for an all-stars one and i was rooting for them every single time but um with that said though amazing race has over 20 seasons you can really start anywhere because it's not like a continuing narrative once one race ends it's reset and another one begins but if i had to recommend to you all a season to begin with i would recommend season seven because that that season has the most hated team in Amazing Race history in it. And 
it's it's just these two were uh, they were from Massachusetts and they were horrible people. These were the mass holes. Like forget about Bill Burr. These two were the mass holes to the point where on the final leg the guy was like, "My wife is pregnant, man. You gotta let us ride in that taxi." And I'm like, "She is nowhere pregnant." Like, dude, like what are you doing? It was like, it was like <clears throat> they were just a truly hated team. And I won't go any further than that, but. Amazing Race is just, it's one of those shows that it, it just, it just gets better the more you think about it. It's, it's definitely, it was definitely birthed in the reality TV phase of television where everybody had a reality show, just like everybody nowadays has a podcast, it feels like. But it's definitely one of those shows that I just love and it's, it's just excellent. Yes, so I was definitely Team Survivor in that debate, uh, but I I did watch The Amazing Race for a long time. Once it moved to Fridays, I became less uh, interested because I was just more busy on Fridays, uh, but uh, than on Sundays. But I still, you know, enjoyed the show. I especially those early seasons when I feel like the the players could have more autonomy in the early seasons as far as picking what flights they wanted to go on and and other things like that they could really make the race their own as opposed to now where they really only have like one flight option they have one you know kind of a thing as and so it's not quite as uh unpredictable as uh and you know you'd have people taking all the they show maps and they show people some people were con, were connecting over here and other people were there and you know all that stuff that was a little bit more fun but it's still it's it's still a fun show i have to say so if you got on the amazing race who would you want to race with uh i think i would like to um well i have several choices i think i'd like to race with you number one <laughs> uh, i'd like to race with uh i like to race with my mom because she's a big fan even though she's like, no, I wouldn't get past the skydiving level. I'd still like to go with her anyway, just because she was a cop for over two decades. And so she has, she, she doesn't screw around with anyone ever yeah. over anything. And my buddy, Phil, who may or may not be listening to this show. And he's, he's one of my best friends. He's like, he's pretty, I, I don't want to say he's small, but he like, he comes up to my shoulder height, but uh -huh. he's a, uh, He's Italian, so it's like you don't mess with Italians. He'll yeah. get the job done. That sounds good. Yeah, I would want to race with my dad. My dad is great with maps and great at finding directions. And just, he'd be, and he's really super athletic and uh, he's smart. And he would just be the perfect person for the amazing race. <laughs> yeah, and one more thing uh, if before we do move on. Uh, the Amazing Race has a lot of credit, at least for me. It gives me my first window into some other communities, like the LGBT community and mm. and other communities like that. Because I believe it was season three or four that had the uh, that had a gay couple, two men who were married to each other, mm -hmm. uh, win win the race. And I cannot remember remember their names off the top of my head, but. I, I think it may have been Chip and someone else, and I'm sorry if I'm forgetting their names off, off the top yeah. of my head, but they were actually very entertaining, and I wanted them to win, and they did. And the show had a lot of just too many other colorful characters to mention. Like, there were these two cowboys named Jet and Cord. I love those two. Uh, they had two, yeah, two, hard, 
They had two Harlem Globetrotters on there, Flight Time and Big Easy, that I just, I wanted them to win so bad, and they got eliminated, and I was, and, and my little heart was crushed. Yeah. And and like I said, I could talk about The Amazing Race for hours. Actually, I'm going to make a mental note on my channel that I'm going to make a vlog series about it and review every episode, because if the pandemic shuts the whole thing down, which I hope it doesn't, but, you know, crazier things have happened, especially this year. But mm -hmm. if that does happen, then I'm just going to start reviewing all the episodes and talk about my love for it. You certainly have plenty to talk about. It's been going on for so long. Over As... 20 seasons, I'll definitely not be running out of material. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so very good. All right. Well, my first choice is a movie, uh, and it is called No Strings Attached. And this is the same year that they had two movies that were about sort of... Uh, what do you call it? A platonic relationships. Uh, and also with had sex. That, that, yeah, with a sexual component. Um, this and is an R-rated film. <laughs> and the other one for the record was called uh, Friends with Benefits starring yes. Justin Timberlake and Neela Kunis. And I preferred this. And this is the one that I think didn't really do as well. Um, but I think it's really funny. I love the script. And I liked, I think Natalie Portman and Ashley Kutcher have a nice chemistry, has a great supporting cast with people like Mindy Kaling and uh, Greta Gerwig. And it's really funny. And I just, I love like the fact that when he, he starts to get more uh, desperate and he makes her a, a, a period mix CD. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> which I just think is like so classic of like the kind of thing that a guy thinks is like super like sensitive and, and everything but like girls are just like what what are you doing and uh and so I thought that was hilarious um I don't know I just I like it it's definitely r-rated it's definitely you know foul-mouthed and everything but I don't know I think it's underrated it's the thought that counts am I right <laughs> yeah <laughs> So no, anyway, I, yeah. I remember hearing about this when it came out and that was during the time where I didn't see a ton of R-rated movies because I was still like young enough to think, oh, that's that's too adult for me. That didn't last very long. But um, I've always thought about seeing it, but now, uh, now I really don't have much of, I don't really have much of an excuse anymore and I'll definitely at least take a look at it. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it has a great cast. Kevin Klein's in it, Greta Gerwig, Lake Bell, Ludacris is funny in it, Carrie Elwes is in it. I mean, it just has a really Jake Johnson from uh, New Girl, uh, Minnie Kaling um, are all in it. So it's got this great cast, and uh, it's just this funny script about these two people who try to have this relationship, and of course, it's not going to work. and um yeah ivan reitman uh is directing it so i i recommend it i think it's good <laughs> mr elways you'll be starring in no strings attached as you wish <laughs> that's right uh so what is your next pick so my next pick is uh, one is another one of my favorite tv shows of all time it's one that i watched like similar to avatar the last bit Last Airbender. I can speak words. Uh, it's a it's a show that I watched every episode when it premiered on its air date, and I'm proud to say that. And it's called Drake and Josh. 
Uh, if I had to describe it in like an elevator pitch, it would be like the odd couple, but with high schoolers. Uh, it's about these two, these two teenagers named Drake and Josh, whose parents get married. And so they become technically stepbrothers, but they're brothers. That's how it works. Anyway, the two are, they, the two couldn't be more opposite from one another. Josh is the super prim and proper one, and Drake is the very laid back and messy one, kind of like the odd couple. But when they do, when they do come together on the same plane, they make utter magic with each other. And there are just way too many episodes for me to recommend because they're, I think they're all good to great. Uh, I think one of the funniest ones is the affair when the two boys think that their father's having an affair with another woman. And there's a hilarious bit where, uh, where they make him breakfast under the guise that, that their mom made him breakfast and, and Drake made it. And Drake ended up putting cumin in the waffles instead of cinnamon. And their father is allergic to cumin. And Mm -hmm. so... And so he starts having this allergic reaction and Josh pulls him into the other room and says, you put cumin in his waffles? And Drake is like, you told me to put cumin in them. And Josh is like, I said cinnamon, cinnamon. And, <laughs> and Drake is like, what's the difference? And Josh is like, there's a big one. Cinnamon is sweet and delicious. Cumin is a spice. You are flavoring a waffle, not a chimichanga. And they're doing all of this while their father is choking to death in the other room. <laughs> It, it's <laughs> it's way more funny than I'm describing it, but it's it's just it's a very it's a very funny and well written show. Uh, huh. If I had to recommend you start with a bit of a different episode, maybe you're not into all of that. I would recommend starting with the episode called Josh is Done, where Drake and Josh have this big blow up, and Josh is like, you know what, I'm done, and Josh's life gets incrementally better while Drake's life becomes incrementally worse. It's better than how I described it, obviously, but it, it's uh, it's definitely far beyond like the slapstick stuff that I was just talking about. It's uh, because at the heart of it all, the conceit of the show is that despite how different the two brothers are, at the end of the day, they still love each other. And I think that's a great message to have in a show. Uh, I was very sad to hear that it got canceled, but it got a TV movie called Drake and Josh Go to Hollywood. and if we review something Nickelodeon related, then I'll definitely be recommending that. But we haven't crossed that bridge yet. But anyway, Drake and okay, Josh, cool. it's a great show. Cool. I've never seen an episode. I, I think I've heard of it, but I haven't ever seen it. So that's interesting. Uh, so uh, John, uh, Josh Peck has gone on to do some movies after it. He was in the remake of Red Dawn. He was in this underseen horror movie called ATM, which was good. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Uh, he was in an episode of the Big Bang Theory, so he's been he's been here and there. Cool, good. Uh, so I was going to do this Christmas as my second pick, but I think that I've already picked it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I can't remember if I did last Christmas or this Christmas. Both of them are excellent, and you should see both of them. But I <laughs> can remember. Um, so I'm going to change it up my second pick and this is quite the change a uh, dramatic change um but i'm going to talk about uh the film one of the best films from last year 
that you can watch on Hulu. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And this is a film by director Celine Sciamma. And uh, it is about uh, two women in the uh, 1700s that one is a artist and she is hired to paint uh, a painting of a woman who is going to get sent to get married and uh and she has to send the painting to her uh betrothed uh she doesn't want to get the photo because she doesn't want to get married but her they basically have to do it in order to survive the family is in dire straits anyway and they end up falling in love and it is a beautiful beautiful movie it is uh an r-rated film um there's there's a fair amount of nudity so it's definitely not for uh it's not family viewing but if you're a mature adult i think you can handle it and it's a beautiful love story and i thought the ending was really well done very very uh tragic but very uh at the same time it managed to be hopeful um, and this is the last movie that I actually saw at the indie theater. It's still closed, the indie theater. Um, it was this, this was the last movie that I saw. I had I, I had seen um, my uh, my spy that day and at the screening, and I was just like, I don't want that my spy to be the last movie that I've seen in the theaters before they close down. And so then I went and saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And then the next week it was all closed. Anyway, so I think that if you can handle more mature themes in a movie, um, then you should definitely watch it because it's beautiful. The music is so good and uh, so check it out. Yeah, boy, talk about oil and water going from My Spy <laughs> to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Right. Like apples and oranges doesn't quite say it. No, but I, no. I cover it all here at Races Reviews, right? <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, this is one of those movies that I had heard nothing but amazing things about, but I didn't get anywhere close to me because uh, my local theater that has now reopened, thank God, uh, like I said, shows a lot of TCM Fathom events, which I love. And because of this, a lot of smaller movies, well, we get the gold mine, but sometimes the indie movies end up getting the shaft and doesn't mm -hmm. and doesn't get shown a around where I am an awful yeah. lot. And portrait portrait of a lady on fire was one of those ones that just definitely didn't come anywhere close to me. But now it is on Hulu, so I really don't have much of an excuse not to watch it anymore. That's right. You should definitely check it out, uh, and it's also coming to Criterion, I think soon or it might have already come so if people like to collect criterions that is an option as well so uh what do you have next so my next pick we're going to be taking a hard left from a prestigious you know art house film like portrait of a lady on fire and turning into a movie that i affectionately call stoner jason Bourne. uh it's called american ultra uh it stars jesse eisenberg Kristen stewart uh, John Leguizamo and, and a bunch of others. Uh, and it tells the story of a normal guy played by Jesse Eisenberg who works at a convenience store. He has a, he has a girlfriend played by Kristen Stewart. Pretty normal life. You know, he smokes a little weed every now and again. You know, it just, he lives like, he lives day to day, doesn't bother anybody. Like, and there it is. But then one night when he's working at his convenience store, 
with just a spoon and a couple of noodle noodles, he kills a couple of random dudes, and he starts to piece together that he's actually a super spy, and a pretty good one at that. Uh, the screenplay for this movie was written by Max Landis, and I know that he's a very controversial figure, especially nowadays, but I believe this and Chronicle are his two, are the best movies that he's ever going to make. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that American Ultra is like the pinnacle of cinema because it's not. It's it's in the same class as like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Like it's it's stoner movies, but they're f made far better than they had any right to be. Uh, this was one of the first movies I recognized. Hey, Kristen Stewart is actually good at what she does, and not and she goes beyond like no one has ever loved anyone more than I love you. And just like she's actually good at her job, and uh, and there's a lot of well filmed action in here. There's a lot of good jokes in here, and like I said, this is essentially the Born Identity if you cross it over with weed. That's pretty much the entire yeah. movie in a nutshell. I don't think it would be up your alley, Rachel. But if you if we <laughs> when we do our next uh, follow up on our recommendations, maybe you should maybe you yeah. could watch that one and tell me yeah. what you. Hey, yeah. I remember hearing about this. I have to admit, I did not see it because I think Max Landis is such a tool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, rec crazy. <laughs> I do recognize that he is that he is not everybody's cup of tea and, and he's not exactly mine either in terms yeah. of person. But, but when I do like Chronicle, so if it's, if it's on that did, level... He did write Chronicle, which is my favorite found footage movie of all time, and he also wrote American Ultra, which I've just talked about, and it's really good. Yeah. So, you know, cool. I guess what they say about broken clocks, they're right twice a day. <laughs> very good. That's very good. All right. Well, my next choice is uh, one of my favorite movies out of Sundance. It was in my top five of this year out of Sundance, and it is Palm Springs. And this got quite a bit of place. So maybe it's a stretch as a hidden gem. I don't know. But, uh, but, it was really fun and it is R rated. So not for, not for the kitties. Um, but it, uh, stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti as the, these two people at this wedding. And it turns out that Andy Samberg is caught in a time loop and Kristen ends up getting caught in that same time loop. So they just end up experiencing this wedding over and over and over again like Groundhog Day, and it's very funny and romantic and has a good supporting cast uh, in it. Um, the J.K. Simmons is in it. He's like this bitter guy uh, who also got stuck in the time loop. Uh, it has Peter Gallagher as her dad. Meredith Hagner, for Hallmark fans, will recognize is in this as his uh, Andy's girlfriend uh camilla mendes is in it tyler hoechlin from uh, uh supergirl and, and everything he's in it so it has a good cast june squibb is her grandma she's funny so it's just in it and it has like enough insight about life and goals and and uh you know what what is a fulfilling life if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again um and it you know it has that groundhog day 
kind of premise, but I think because it's about a relationship, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit different. And uh, I kind of wish that it wasn't so R-rated. Some of the stuff is a little off-putting, but nevertheless, it's definitely worth a watch and enjoyable. J.K. Simmons playing a bitter old man. <laughs> I am shocked. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, this is, this is a movie that I had heard about, and I just, I got a, I won't lie, I'm not a humongous Andy Samberg fan. Uh, I liked him in his movie Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, because I grew up in a time when Bieber Fever was like at a fever. And every time I heard one of his stupid songs, I wanted to headbutt a brick wall. And so when that movie just satirized literally everything about, about Bieber and his fans and everything involved in that, I was laughing my head off. So credit where credit is due. I, I'm just not super duper crazy about Andy Samberg, but mm. well, that'll be interesting to see what you think. It is Lonely Island, so it's the same production team that did Popstar Never Stop, whatever. Well, then uh, in that case, I definitely want to watch it now because, like I said, Popstar was honestly like far better than it had any right to be, and yeah. and with uh, and judging from this because. Like, and I just completely like blanked out Palm Springs for like a while. I was like, oh, that was a thing that I'll probably never see. But then <laughs> I was watching a video talking about time loop movies and Palm Springs was one of them. And I was like, oh, that actually sounds fascinating. I'll yeah. definitely have to take a look at that. Yeah, definitely you should. Uh, all right. So, so what's your next pick? So my next pick is from 2012. It's a movie starring Jason Statham everyone's favorite badass British act, British guy who can act his way out of a paper bag, but my heart still beats for him. It's called, <laughs> his name is Jason Statham and it's called Safe. Uh, this is a movie about a, it, about a young Chinese girl who is, who I guess works for the Chinese mafia. She has all of the facts and figures of what money goes where and everything like that all in her head because she has a photographic memory and she ends up running away from the, from the mafia. And so the mafia and mafia, other gangs and every corrupt cop in the city are looking for this little girl. And Jason Statham's character just going home just from his normal everyday job discovers her and finds out real quickly what's going on and decides to protect her because he uh, he has a pretty violent past. Uh, it's kind of, in with the power of hindsight, it kind of reminds you a lot of Logan in that really tortured guy helps a, uh, helps a talented little girl get from point A to point B. But Safe is honestly very underrated. It's got It's got good action in there. The story is very easy to understand. It's not trying to be like this grand action movie or say this profound statement it's it is what it is in that it's about jason statham protecting a little girl from people who desperately want to kill her because if she gets into the hands of the right cops or someone else important then she could tear down the house of cards of the mafia and of just all of their business dealings so it's it's very, it's, it's definitely very much by the book, but when I saw that, I said, wow, that was like a thousand times better than it had any right to be. Interesting. I don't know a whole lot about this. This is one I haven't heard of a whole lot. So 
uh that's that's um you know interesting uh would you say it's more of like an action kind of movie yes for sure yeah yeah and it was it was also directed by a gentleman named boaz yakin who also directed remember the titans so because he's done because jason statham's done all those sort of action comedies but that doesn't sound like that that's what this is this is along the lines of like a transporter more than something like something like lock stock and two smoking barrels Mm. okay cool good all right so my next choice is actually a documentary i guess to take a hard left in your words um this is called this is one of my favorite films of 2018 and i saw it at sundance 2018 it's called minding the gap and this is a documentary that was done over many many years by director bing lu where he followed his friends who he met while skateboarding in, uh, I forget where it's set, I can't remember. Um, I think somewhere in Minneapolis, something like that. Anyway, um, and so he follows them for multiple years and I don't know how he had like the foreknowledge as a teenager to start videotaping his friends and interviewing them like on a regular basis. It's pretty amazing. And you see the growth of these uh, these young men uh, from when they're young all the way until they're starting having families and and it's, it's not really about skateboarding although there is a quite a bit of skateboarding but but it's a lot of it is about them and their mothers and how they kind of how they sometimes dealt with the imperfections of their mothers and how they were able to forgive their mothers and uh, and and you know also sort of if they didn't have fathers and how that affected and it's more almost more about that than it is about it's about young men growing up today without uh with and their mothers than it is more about um skateboarding um although it does have lots of skateboarding in it so i i really thought it was tremendous and you really get to know these characters these these young men as real characters and and uh you feel like you have kind of grown up with them by the time you finish the movie and uh, including uh one of the most touching parts is being his uh his interviews with his mother they're very uh um very raw and very moving um so yeah i i think that everybody should watch it it's really good have you heard of this yeah i've I've uh, no, I, I I've never heard of it, but I've always been fascinated by skateboarding and like skateboarding related stuff. Like I've I've watched too many videos of just random people skateboarding on YouTube. Like they'll be like sk- like doing like freestyles on like ramps or skateboard parks or verts or stuff like that. I used to watch the X Games a lot, mm-hmm. and so and I have a lot of oh, memories. Yeah. Of that. I tried skateboarding myself and failed miserably. So it's like, it's like, it's like the quote from Uncle Drew. Like I loved, I loved uh, to, to paraphrase from that. I loved skateboarding, but skateboarding hated me. Right. But uh, but I've always been, I've always loved movies with skateboarding in it, like the movie Mid Nineties, which Jonah Hill directed, which mm-hmm. I I would have thought would have gotten more attention than it did, even though it was picked up by A twenty four. And I thought the movie was really good, and it mm-hmm. just kind of went nowhere after that. But uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be checking out Minding the Gap because oh. it's 
it seems like something that I would just, I just be over the moon for. Oh, you'll love it. It's, I mean, and it's just amazing. Like I said, that he had the foresight as a teenager to start video, uh, doing interviews and talking to his friends. And there's particular, his friend, Zach, uh, has quite the, um, uh, the transformation um, from the start to the, to the end. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just amazing that he thought and that he saved it all. And that for 10 years, you know, that he did all this videography is, is really, is yeah. really pretty incredible. It's like boyhood <laughs> with skaters, skater. That's boys. right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, real, not, not fiction like boyhood. Uh, so what's your next pick? So my final pick, and this may be walking a bit of a tightrope in terms of a hidden gem, because similar to Starship Troopers, it has gotten a bigger following and has gotten better with time, but I felt like I should talk about it. It's called Demolition Man. Uh, this was released in 1993. It starred Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, a very young Sandra Bullock, uh, and Bob Dunton, who was the warden from Shawshank Redemption, and of course... It was has been in too many movies to mention. Like he's he's one of those actors who you've seen everywhere, but give you a thousand dollars you could not name. Like just like just one of those guys that's been everywhere, but you're like, wait, he was in that one thing, but I can't remember. But anyway, Demolition Man is essentially about these uh, is about a cop named uh, named John Spartan, who's played by Sylvester Stallone and a criminal he's after named Simon Phoenix, played by Snipes. And the two are fighting in a Los Angeles that is just, it's, it's a hellscape. It's on fire, there's crime everywhere, celebrities are fighting each other while looking really weird as opposed to what LA is now, but I digress. But anyway, due to a combination of factors, they both end up in cryosleep for crimes that they have committed. Then the movie fast forwards about 200 years to a future where all crime and war have virtually been neutralized. But with that, pretty much a lot of other things like free speech and stuff like that has also been neutralized and everything has become very safe and sanitized and PC. And so Spartan and Matrix, through circumstances, end up back in this world and have to navigate their way around it. It's this movie's far better than I just described it. And it's one of those movies that I feel has gotten better, especially with everything that's happening nowadays, because I just re was rewatching this recently. And there was a part where I just said to myself, oh my God, this is happening nowadays. Like, like this movie was made in 1993 and it called it by like 20 years. And I could, and I think essays could be made about how, Nostradamus like this movie was like in many ways uh, like it, even in just in little details like considering that Donald Trump is our president now in the in this movie Arnold Schwarzenegger is the president and so it and it just other little things and there was a franchise wars where where Taco Bell eventually went out and there's just there's these little details that you were just like wow like you would never think, oh, this that could never happen until it does. And mm -hmm. it's free, but also kind of funny all at the same time. It's 
It's a bag of emotions, but to put the period at the end of the sentence, Demolition Man was initially received as kind of a dumb movie featuring Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes, like, added to the pile. But I think it has gotten far better now, just due to everything that's happening in the world right now. It has gotten so much better with time. That sounds really interesting. I, I've heard about this movie and I heard about the Taco Bell thing, but I actually haven't never seen it. So that'll be an interesting one maybe for my follow-up, uh, for a follow-up episode. Uh, I would so- love to hear what you have to say about it because mm-hmm. this, like I said, this uh, it has Stallone and Snipes in it, but also an incredibly young Sandra Bullock. I mean, and Bull- Sandra right. Bullock. Right, yeah. Love Sandra. Much bigger things than that, but just to see her just as this really longer looking woman is just is it's really fascinating yeah well my last pick is called love and mercy and love and mercy is a biopic about brian wilson but there's a lot of complaints about biopics that they're stale they're boring nobody ever tries anything different and uh, i think if you are in that camp and you feel that way then I think Love and Mercy might be for you. Uh, it's one that actually really tried to do something different. Uh, instead of a traditional kind of biopic about Brian Wilson and his highs and lows and drug you know, addiction and all that stuff like that with the Beach Boys, uh, it, it splits it up. It tells two different stories. One is his story of writing Pet Sounds uh, which was one of their most uh, respected and loved, beloved albums. Uh, and he wrote it under like in like a week's time. And you have Paul Dano, who's playing Brian Wilson, is the young person. And it really does such a good job of showing that creative enterprise and how he's just so inspired uh, to, uh, to write the music. It almost reminds me a little bit of, of Amadeus and how, how, Mozart in that movie how he sees each note in such a way and uh, it's the same uh, here the way that it's just like this physical all-encompassing process of creativity and uh, and then you have uh, at the same time going on you have John Cusack playing older Brian uh, Brian Williams with uh, Brian Wilson sorry Brian Wilson Uh, you have John Cusack playing older Brian Wilson and uh, he's being kind of manipulated and controlled by this manager uh, played by Paul Giamatti who's really scary and Elizabeth Banks is his wife and uh, he is just super manipulative and this is all based on true story and the the movie does if I'm honest does suffer a little bit in in kind of going back and forth back and forth like it's a little jarring because there's such different stories um and also and the uh i think you can't help but kind of prefer one over the other and i personally prefer the younger uh story over the older story but nevertheless i respect the fact that they really tried to do something different and I think the performances are really excellent by both Dano and Cusack. And uh, it's definitely one that I don't think enough people saw. And just for the creativity alone, I think it's it's worth it to see, okay, we can try other things for a biopic. Yeah, I've always heard of this movie and I never saw it. And I definitely, I definitely want to try and see it because it stars a lot of 
a lot of actors that I have a lot of respect for. Paul Giamatti is one of them. And Paul Dano is another one of them. He's mm -hmm. one of those actors that has been in a lot of movies, but you would never be able to like pick him out. Like he was Paul Sunday in, uh, in There Will Be Blood, which he was incredible in. He was Dwayne in Little Miss Sunshine, which Little Miss Sunshine is, an, is just a brilliant movie in my opinion. Uh, he was in Prisoners from Denis Villeneuve. Man, he was, that movie yeah. was all kinds of disturbing. It's very well made, but man, it'll make you want to cry yourself to sleep once you're done watching it. I mean, Paul uh, Dano, he has a great agent, I think, because I, I don't, ex I think he's, I think he's perfectly good as an actor, but I don't think he's like amazing, but he gets so many great parts and he is, yeah, and, he's in so he's, many great films. And he's going to be the Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, in case you're listening to this, give your agent a raise. Yeah, yeah. Say thank you to that man, that's for sure. Or a woman. Uh, yeah, and John Cusack, he can be a good actor. Uh, he's, you know, he went through kind of a lazy phase for a while, felt like, or he's just kind of, I don't know, like 2012 and kind of that, that there was a period where it just seemed like, yeah, it wasn't great, but, but he can be good. And I would say this is one that is good. He does a good job, even though I preferred the younger part over the older part. Um, it's just an interesting experimental movie. So I recommend that people check it out, especially if you love the Beach Boys, which you sh everybody should like the Beach Boys, right? So. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> by the way, to all of you, if, if any of you are Beach Boys fans out there, I do recommend that you listen to the, uh, the album, The Beach Boys with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh. That several of their songs, along with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, you Ooh. will never listen to "Good Vibration" would be or California Girls or Coco the same way ever again. It's like they took those songs and then just upped them by like fifty. It's just it's unbelievable stuff. That's cool. Well, very good. Well, this was, I think, a very solid group of 10 movies. So let us know what you think of these movies. Do you think that they are, in fact, hidden gems? Uh, what have you been enjoying on Hulu? Uh, give us some recommendations. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Also, my YouTube channel, Ryan Cam's Movie Reviews. There's going to be a lot of content going up there for the rest of the year. I've got a rough map of things laid out. So what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year, the AFI project is going to be going full steam ahead. Now that my Nolan month is out of the way today is a Monday. We're recording this on a Monday, which means that my episode on the treasure of the Sierra Madre has just dropped and is now live on Wednesday. I'm going to be dropping the episode for Dr. Strangelove. And then on Friday is going to be the sound of music. And then I've got, and th these are just like the next ones coming up. Uh, King Kong, Bonnie and Clyde, Midnight Cowboy, The Philadelphia Story, Shane, and It Happened One Night. So uh, so that's all coming up in just the next week or two. And then also in, in October, I've got my big Halloween themed series planned that I just started recording for and uh, is going to be very prevalent throughout October. So if you haven't subscribed, now is as good a time as any. Yeah, definitely. Everybody, please subscribe. You won't regret it. Some really good stuff, some classic films coming up. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And 
got tons of content coming uh, as far as reviews and uh, episodes and other fun stuff. You can make sure to check out the Hallmarkies podcast. We're gearing up, getting ready for Christmas coverage. So you're definitely going to want to be following us there. Uh, going to have uh, a lot of, a lot of coverage there. And so lots of good stuff going on and thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.